Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't need anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's up, everyone? Steve Zakawani here. And finally, welcome back to Winging It with Zakawani. I absolutely apologize for being away for so long. I was on vacation, but this looks like I didn't miss... I wasn't missed much because the team just kept rolling, kept winning. And maybe I should have stayed away longer because they didn't lose while I was gone. They didn't even draw. They won every game. But you've been asking for winging it with Zakawani. So here we are, a packed show today. Of course, the news that broke. Clint Dempsey has played his last professional football game. We will never see Deuce out on the pitch again. So we'll cover his retirement. We also got to talk about the unbeaten in 11 or 10, I believe, for the Sounders with seven straight wins. Seven straight wins. Incredible. And that includes the win at Portland this past weekend. We'll cover that. And then also a quick preview for the tough test ahead this afternoon, Saturday, this Saturday afternoon against Sporting Kansas City. And we'll also have Keith Kostigan and Eddie Johnson joining me by phone to discuss Clint Dempsey, the Sounders, and all those good things there. I do want to begin with Clint Dempsey. I can't start anywhere else but that. And when talking about Clint or covering Clint, there's so many ways you can go, so many angles, so many things you can say. So let's start with Clint Dempsey, the player. If you really want to understand Clint, you have to understand where Clint came from as the player. A very small town in Texas. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I just I've read it, but... I'm not going to try and pronounce it. He wasn't on the youth national teams. He wasn't on those radars. He wasn't a guy who was like Gatorade High School Player of the Year. He wasn't the prospect that was destined for greatness. He was grafting. He was playing there with a lot of Hispanic and Latino kids, playing on the streets there, following in the footsteps of his older brother, trying to play with the bigger kids and learning the style that we all eventually became familiar with. It was honed and it matured right there where it was formed in those streets in Texas. He wasn't a guy who was fancied and one who walked into teams and culture says, this is great. In fact, coaches told him, change how you play. You're too fancy. You're trying too much. Keep it simple. Clint never listened. And we're all grateful he didn't because he kept playing in his style. He started in MLS. Clint didn't begin in the big European leagues. He was drafted out of college, Furman University, and started with the New England Revolution. And he worked his way up. And the players that I've spoken to that were on those New England Revolution teams, guys like Shari Joseph, um, Taylor Twelman, James Riley, and asked about Clint Dempsey, they just talk about his dedication in those days. Clint was absolutely certain that he would end up in Europe. Absolutely certain. Even as a rookie, he played and dedicated himself to the sport with the goal of going to Europe. He wasn't a guy that was out, you know, partying much and socializing much and those things, which are fine. But for him, it was a one-track mind. I want to play on the biggest stage, and that's where I'm trying to go. Of course, he goes to Europe, 
We remember the highlights, the chip against Juventus. There was a hat-trick against Newcastle, I believe. He's the all-time outfield goals for an American player in England. He was Fulham's leading goal scorer. He, 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 Clint Dempsey is a legend for Fulham. He played for Tottenham and scored big goals against Man U at Old Trafford. I mean, how many kids dream of doing things like that? His legacy in England is that he is quite simply the best outfield American player to ever play overseas. And that's a massive legacy. In a time where it's tough and it was tougher for American players to go overseas, especially in England. And he wasn't even a part of one of the big four teams. And he was scoring double-digit goals consistently. That's what Clinton Dempsey did. A kid who began in Texas ends up doing that. The great Zinedine Zidane, who was a fantastic player for France, of course, and Real Madrid and Juventus, and then now has become a legendary coach as well, said the hardest thing to do in football and all high-level sports is to be consistent. And that's the best compliment I can pay Clint Dempsey is he was consistent. He didn't do it for one season. He didn't do it for a hot streak for six months. Clint wasn't just good for one World Cup. Clint was good for a good eight to ten years at an extremely high level. And that's tough to do. So Clint's consistency is probably the best compliment I can pay him. And as a fan, I was privileged to watch the greatest duo I've seen in MLS, strike partnership, Clint Dempsey and Obafemi Martins in 2014, especially, were on a different planet. It was world-class, and here in Seattle, we were privileged. Clint, the person, this is tougher. Talk to outsiders, they will say, Clint can be mysterious. He looks grumpy, he looks moody. Not much is known about Clint. We don't see him in commercials. We don't really see him out socializing. There's a lot of that. None of it's true. I assure you, none of it is true. Clint, the person for me, first and foremost, family guy. This guy is a family guy. That, that's what matters most to him. And some people may pay lip service to things like that. No, he means it. It's his family first and foremost, and that's it. He's obviously passionate about his hobbies. Everybody knows Clint loves to fish. Everybody knows that. Clint likes freestyling, rapping. He's had a couple videos up there. The things he loves to do, he loves to do. Clint just wanted to play football. That's it. He's more messy than Cristiano. What I mean by that is off the pitch. Cristiano's in all the commercials, has all the branding, has the underwear commercials, has owning hotels, he's promoting his latest drink, he's filming. There's, that's his brand, and it's great. He's a star. Messi, you don't see as much. He just lets his play do the talking, and that's Clint. So the day when Clint Dempsey was going to retire was never going to be a press conference. There was never going to be a ceremony. There was never going to be a tour, a retirement tour, which is fine. I have nothing against that. Clint was going to go on his terms, was going to go quietly, because that's the kind of guy he is. If it doesn't involve the ball, he doesn't care. Clint just wanted to play football. So, Clint, I salute you on a fantastic career, 15-year career. You came from the bottom, literally made it all the way to the top. Along the way, you inspired mainly the kind of kids that have been overlooked, not singled out to be destined for greatness. Those are the kids you inspired and most importantly, you did it your way with flares, tricks, back heels, 
And we can't forget your iconic moments, your iconic goals. So happy fishing, happy freestyling, happy family time. Enjoy your retirement. You're a Sounders legend, a Fulham legend, a U.S. national team legend. Plain and simple, you're a footballing legend. And your legacy will live on forever. When we return, we'll be joined by Eddie Johnson to talk about Clint Dempsey, his friend, his former national team teammate, his Fulham teammate, his Sounders teammate. We'll get into some of the details and get a different perspective on what made Clint tick. Also, Keith Kostigan will be joining us. And as always, since we're back, we'll be heading to my big three things. Stay tuned. More on Winging It with Zakwani. A really bright start, and there might be a chance already for Dempsey. What a start! 31 seconds played. Clint Dempsey so quick off the mark. Different kind of emotion now. Jürgen Klinsmann's up off the bench. Jürgen Klinsmann's USA are up and running. Incredible start. A little nutmeg's there. He goes past the defender. And what a finish. Opens his body, puts it off the post. Clint Dempsey, great start for USA. I'm happy to say I'm now joined by my good friend, Sounders play-by-play, FS1 play-by-play, Bundesliga, all that good stuff. The main man, Keith Kostigan. Keith, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Just jealous of watching you on all your travels over the last few <laughs> weeks, so it's good to have you back. <laughs> it, it, it was a good trip, but while I was gone, the Sounders have been absolutely rolling. Um, it's seven straight wins, but the sense I get is that they're not really steamrolling teams. They're doing it more with their defensive play. Is that how you would describe it or how do you view this run? Yeah, I would agree 100%. I think just because Raul Rui Diaz came in, it was the, it was the striker signing that the team wanted, the fans wanted. Everybody automatically assumes from the outside uh, who aren't around the team that much that it's the Rui Diaz signing that has been the key. And, and that's not the case for me. Yes, he's added to the team. I still think there's a lot more to come from Rui Diaz. I think he's going to be an excellent signing. But... It's some of the veterans for me who really stepped up. I think you start with that spine of the team with Stefan Fry, who's been in excellent form. Chad Marshall and Kim have been, for me, the best central defensive partnership all season. And then in midfield, I know he's a good friend of yours, Steve. Ozzy Alonso, I saw some people writing him off at the start yeah. of the season. I couldn't believe it. Um, he has been, he and Gustav Svensson just give no opposition team space in the middle of midfield. So you add all of that up, really difficult to beat. And, uh, and we're getting goals when it counts. Absolutely. And speaking of Osvaldo Alonso, I did see that as well. A lot of people writing him off. Um, just, I mean, just, just how good has he been and how key is he to this run? He, he's been as good as, as I've seen him in, in, in other seasons for the Sounders at, at younger ages. We, we get wrapped up a lot in this, you know, he's 32, whatever it might be. And, oh, they're coming to the end. You should always be judged by your product on the field week in and week out for me, not just potential. And, you know, when Ozzy Alonso's fit, uh, when he's had a run of games, I don't think there's a better defensive midfielder 
in MLS than him. Uh, you know, not not only just when he wins the ball. You've made this point a couple of times on a broadcast. Uh, yeah. You know, we've gone down to you saying, look, Ozzy's not just a defensive midfielder. He also helps us in attack as well. And, and that's vitally important too. I think he's brought uh, someone who's calm and composed on the ball in front of the back four, knows how to pick a pass going forward, knows how to time a run going forward. So you, you add all that up, and, and again, it, it's almost like having a new signing in the middle of midfield since he's come back. Absolutely. And this weekend, the Sounders play against Sporting Kansas City. You kind of know what to expect from a Peter Vermees team, but from what you've seen or what you know from the 2018 edition of this team, what should we expect to see at CenturyLink this weekend? They, they kind of remind me of, of us in terms of the way they, they've built around a solid back four. It, it, it's, a, it's a veteran back four with Sinovic coming back in. Diesler and Apara know each other really well and, and Zuzi at right back. And then Ilya and Espinosa in front of the back four. So a lot like our back six in front of a very good goalkeeper. And I think further forward, Johnny Russell has been an excellent signing for them. Uh, you don't see many players coming from the British Isles. He's a Scottish international come over and, and take to MLS so quickly. I think he's close to, a, a, you know, double figures in goals and assists, which is a testament to the way he's played. And I think he's almost perfect for a, a Peter Vermeer system because he's, he's nonstop, he's energetic, he can play out wide, he can come inside, very good 1v1. So you, you add all of that up and... Yeah, I think we're the hottest team in MLS right now, but, but they're a close second with the way they've played over the last month. Absolutely. And I can't let you go without asking you about Clint Dempsey. He announced his retirement um, this morning, so we will no longer see Clint Dempsey play football anymore. But I want to show a couple of things. First, you know, you spend a lot of time following the European game, the premiership included. Um, what would you say is Clint's legacy just specifically with Fulham in England? It's massive. I mean, I was talking to one of his, his former Fulham teammates today, Tony Warner, and they just all speak so highly of him, not, not just as a player, but as a person too. It's, it can be difficult to go over. You, you'll know this as well, Steve, how difficult the English yeah. dressing rooms can be at times for, for outsiders. But, you know, every player that I talk to, and Tony will tell me, man, Clint walked in, he can rap. He was funny, like yeah. he, he, he had a bit of a swagger. Um, so they loved that about him. And, and look, the goals that he scored for Fulham, everybody's been replaying that chip against Juventus. One of those iconic moments that will go down in history for Fulham. He, he, for me, he's been the best outfield player from America to go and play in the Premier League. And, and look, he set the bar very, very high. I don't, I don't see anybody coming even close since his time in England. That, that's his legacy, and he should be remembered for how well he did in going into one of the toughest leagues in the world and, and performing at, at such an incredibly high level. Absolutely. And last but not least, here in Seattle, of course, he came in 2013 to much fanfare. And this season didn't go as well as anyone would have hoped. We know that. But when put into context, I mean, we are looking at 70-plus MLS goals, I believe it is, for Clint Dempsey. He's tied all-time Sounders. He's tied all-time national team. Um, how do you look back on his time in Seattle overall? Plus, he was part of the best duo many have seen with him and Obafemi Martins as well. Yeah, you know, I wasn't at the club when he and Oba were there, but man, you, you wanted to watch those games because they were yeah. so fun. They played off each other. It was off the cuff, wasn't it? It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily coached. It was two, two great players feeding off each other. And that was amazing. But for me, even more so was, was last season. You did an interview with him at the start of the campaign. Yeah. It, it was coming back from, uh, you know, perhaps a career-threatening situation. 
And, and the way he just embraced the season again, uh, he scored goals in the playoffs. And uh, you know, I, I saw a new Clint Dempsey. I saw Clint Dempsey that fought adversity to get back on the field, to play at a high level. And, and he almost led the Sounders to, to a second consecutive MLS Cup. So those are the two things that I'll remember about Clint Dempsey and his time in Seattle. But I, I think whether you're talking about Seattle or his time in Europe, he'll be remembered as, as one of the best to play the game. Absolutely. As always, a pleasure having you on, Keith. I will see you this weekend in Seattle for the Sounders against Sporting Kansas City. Look forward to it. See you. Thanks. All right, Keith. Cheers. I'm now joined by my friend and former teammate, Eddie Johnson, a guy who I would say knows Clint Dempsey as well as anyone um, on the pitch and both off the pitch. So... No stranger to Sounders fans. We're now joined by Eddie. Eddie, what's up, man? What's up, Steve, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. So, obviously, you know the news. Clint retired today. Um, Just as a friend of his, a former teammate of his, how would you sum up his career, 15-year career? Well, it's funny. It's funny. When 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 I found out the news, when I heard the news today, the first thing that came to my mind is, is, is is the first the first national team camp? Uh, it was in 2000. I want to say 2000 and uh, man, 2003, 2002, somewhere along 2000, somewhere along. We're the two youngest on the team at the time, and I'll never forget our first camp was in uh, Jamaica. It was a World Cup qualifier, USA Jamaica way, and Bruce Arena only brought us on the trip just so we can kind of get the experience of the atmosphere and what it, what it means to travel and how to be mentally prepared in different types of environments where, where conditions are a lot different than we used, used to have it in America. The stadiums are just nice. Just kind of wanted to give us that experience because we're on the radar as far as, you know, making our, 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 our breakthrough uh, into the full team. And I, I'll never forget how, how excited we were and all these goals you know, he and I, we all, we wrote down and we wanted to accomplish. And, uh, you know, one of the things you always say, man, I, he's always say, I just want to be able to, you know, just take care of my family, man. My family sacrificed so much for me. And, uh, you know, it's his career firsthand, just seeing the grind, uh, you know, um, you know, his, his, you know, when New England Revolution, you know, drafted him, you know, his career was like, it was like a steady incline. He never declined in his career. It was always got drafted by New England, rookie of the year, on the national team, went to the 2006 World Cup, scored the most goals in our World Cup that time, was the most important player in the 2006 World Cup, went to Fulham. I followed him to Fulham. When I was at Fulham, an amazing career, all-time leading goal scorer at Fulham, uh, and you know, went to Tottenham. After Tottenham, I met him back up again in my career in Seattle. And, uh, and on the national team, it's just like I've always been with him throughout his career. And, uh, you know, one of the things I can say about him is is a guy who's never satisfied, man, never satisfied. I remember when I was struggling at Fulham and, and you know, just being a friend and, and just being so proud of him with all of his accomplishments, man. You know, after games where he probably scored against Man U or Chelsea, and I say, man, you're on fire. You're doing a good job, man. I'm so proud of you. He's like, yeah, man, but that don't mean nothing, man. I gotta keep doing that, man, because you know how it is as an American over here, man. It, it, you're, you're, you're never good at. It. So he, he always had a chip on his shoulder. He was always never satisfied. He always wanted to do more. 
He always knew he could do more. But at the end of the day, a great human being, what you see is what you get. Real, down to earth, real humble, uh, family man. And, uh, you know, you know what an unbelievable career. You know, that's him in a nutshell. So when, I mean, there's been some great U.S. attacking players and players in general, you know, you're in that long line of them as well. I mean, it's maybe too soon to know for sure, but how do you think, not you, but in general, the public will remember kind of Clint's legacy as a player? Where are they going to rank him in terms of the all-time greats? I just feel like our culture, our culture, our culture, like, how do I say it? They like people that are robotic. Do this. Say, they, say, they, they say do this, the person does that. You know, uh, Clint wasn't the person. A lot of people, Clint didn't like the fame. Clint, to, to Clint, he was a normal person. He, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he, he don't get overwhelmed when people say, oh man, Clint Dempsey, you're amazing. You're my idol. You know, right. you, you know, for, for me, so it was like, he didn't, he, he didn't do the things that the other, uh, you know, great players did. You know, he didn't never, he'd be the first one to give up a, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar endorsement deal because he just didn't want to even be in front of the cameras, or he didn't want to, you know, he want to spend time with his family. So, so, so for me, the the public probably not going to rank him where he should be ranking. But for me, being on the national team since two thousand and whatever, having played for a decade, I played against, I played with Claudio Reyna, I played with um, Landon Donovan, I played with uh, uh, you, you name it. Right. And, and and what I will say about Clint, I don't take anything from Landon Donovan. I don't take anything from that player. He had an amazing career. He had a lot of accomplishments. But when it got hard for Landon Donovan in Germany, Landon ran back to America. Right? He came back to America. But did his, but did his form decrease? No, his form didn't decrease. Landon, Landon, and what I give him credit for, he was mentally able enough to keep developing and keep playing at a high level in a league where it wasn't the same as the Bundesliga, league. And we all know that. And I don't take anything from age of soccer, but he was still able to perform at a high level and do well at the world stage. And it takes a lot of mental, 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 mental focus and concentration to do that. And in a league where the level is not as high and the players aren't as good. All right. So I credit Landon for that, but to go over to Europe in the premiership to play for a small team like Fulham, take them to the Europa league finals Make a move to Tottenham, scoring goals against Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, becoming Fulham's all-time leading goal scorer. I mean, people are blind to say that this guy is not the best American player ever. One goal shy of Landon, never beat Landon's record. But if you look at all Clint Dempsey's goals, very, very few penalty kicks, a lot of penalty kicks to Landon Donovan. So if you had to match both of them, it's like Cristiano and Messi for me. I'm going to go with Clint Dempsey. Right. I don't take anything away from Landon Donovan. I had the uh, privilege to play and share the field with both of them. But when it comes to we need a goal, that man, ball in his, in his hand, I'm taking Grant Depps right. every yeah. day. Yeah. Best, best American player to ever wear the shirt. Right, yeah. I don't think there's any wrong answer in that. Both fantastic players. Um, the last thing I'll ask you is this. Obviously, Clinch retired. You know, no one at this point, I think, knows what's next. Uh, what would you like in an ideal world to see Clint do next? Just kind of go off into the sunset with his family, do his fishing, or do you want to see him kind of stay involved in the game in some way? I think Clint's going to have, have – he's a family man. You know, like I said, you know, national team camps, 
hey, the boys are going to go have lunch here and there, man. Nah, I'm just going to rest, go call my wife, go see how my kid's doing, or maybe his family here in town in certain camps. Never really did any out outside things outside of the, uh, the pitch with, with the boys. Was always with his family. And, uh, you know, he always talked about having a farm, having cows, having a big family, and 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 to and to and to, to say he, he he has all of that, you know. But but for what the game's giving him has given him, I, I I think I think I think he'd be crazy to walk away the game from the game completely. I know his little son plays, his little son loves the game, but he he doesn't realize. And best believe, I'm going to be in his ear the influence us ex-players have on the next generation. You know, so I'd love for him, man, to start an academy or something. I know he's going to move back to uh, North Carolina or to, to, to get involved, you know, be an ambassador of, of the sport. But, but I think he's done too much for the game to go away because the game still needs him. You know, the, 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 the culture, in order to change his culture, we need, we need a player of his caliber with 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 his style, with his flair, uh, you know, with his experience, if it's just going around and and, and uh, you know uh, you know motivating different academies and talking to the youth in the country, I think I think he'd be he'd be crazy not to not to stay in, in, into the game because he lo- he loved it too much. And and I think you know in conclusion, the reason why I think he hung him up, we we all know he's so competitive, and when you're that competitive. It, it's hard being a role player. You know, they always say when, when, when I can no longer give my best, and that's when you walk away from the game. And I think that's what he did. He knew he had nothing. To, he know he, he had nothing to offer the game anymore at that level, and and he'd be selfish to stay there and, and ruin the next young kid that plays his position. Uh, so I think it was it, it was it was it was it was a great great decision by him. Um, you know, and the game's gonna miss him, but but at the same time, I think. He's done a lot of things that a lot of American players have never done when it comes to the game of soccer in this country. Very well said, man. There you have it, folks. That's Eddie Johnson with his thoughts on Clint Dempsey. Stay tuned. As soon as we come back, we'll be wrapping up with the big three things on Winging It with Zach Wadi. Finds Martins. He's got Dempsey in space. Clint Dempsey a chance to tie it up. He's done it. Back to scoring goals. Two apiece. It down now trying to hold up Michael Harrington spins inside of him. Lamar Nagel gets the cross away. Martin to touch Clint Dempsey. Here they come. It's 4-3 with five minutes to go. Now behind the play, Alonso. The touch from Dempsey to find March. Char steps in. Yedlin gets there. It's a penalty. Penalty kicks the Seattle Sounders. Clint Dempsey an opportunity to not only complete his hat trick, but to bring the Sounders back into a 4-4 scoreline in the 87th minute in Portland. Done it! How about this? And welcome back. Winging it with Zakawani. Thanks to both of my guests today, Eddie Johnson and Keith Kostigan. Before we go, I have to give you my big three things, the three things on my mind right now as I've just returned to beautiful Seattle, Washington, getting plugged back in to this Sounders run. Seven straight wins. Unbelievable. Never seen anything like it here in Seattle. And the way they're doing it, number one, is they are becoming tough to beat. I've had coaches throughout my career just tell me, If you go into a game and you keep a clean sheet, you make that a priority. As a team, 
your chances of winning are always high. Because then you just need one goal. Teams that leak goals, that always concede, you know you're going to need to score two or three or four, and that's tough to do week in, week out. So the Sounders have done this defensively. Defensively, they've done this. They have become so hard to beat. You go into games almost expecting a clean sheet. From Stefan Fry all the way up, the team shape, the way they're defending. It's a credit to coach Brian Schmetzer and the coaching staff for just how disciplined and organized the team looks. They went into enemy territory, to Portland away, and I didn't see Diego Valeri. I didn't see Blanco. Portland's attacking threats, Armenteros, all these players who can hurt you on any given day, who have hurt Seattle before, were completely non-factors. And that's the biggest compliment I can pay the Sounders right now. They are tough to beat. Of course, I'm a fan of fun, free-flowing, attacking football. And there's been plenty of that, moments of that. But that's not what is fueling this run. It's being fueled defensively. And that leads me perfectly into number two, which is Kim Ki-hee. Listen, even when the team was struggling, this guy was playing great. He's come in here and been much better than I think any of us, if we're honest, would have expected. Doesn't really get beat. He's one of those guys who's as quick as he needs to be. If he's playing against a quick forward, he'll keep up. Playing against a slower forward, he'll keep up. He just runs at the speed he needs to run at. He cuts off angles so well. I'm sure his English still isn't great, but he has a fantastic understanding with Chad Marshall, who, again, is having such a fantastic season. And we should never get used to what Chad is doing because it's not normal. I played against Chad Marshall back in... 2010 and 2011 and playing against Chad back then he was already great and you thought okay how long can he maintain this we're talking six seven eight years later and he's still as good as ever but Kim Kihi has been for me arguably the signing of the season across major league soccer because he's come in here competing against two established players I mean Roman Torres and Chad Marshall they've been the linchpin for the past couple of years for the Sounders and Kim Ki, he's quickly making himself one of the first names on Brian Schmetzer's team sheet. And he's done that unassumingly, just getting the job done and anchored a defense that's been good all year, even when the team was struggling. And now it's just been more and more magnified because the strikers are also scoring more than they were earlier in the season. And number three, we end as we began with the man of the moment, the man of today, Clint Dempsey. And I do want to give a couple of my best memories of Clint. I will go with one on the pitch, one off the pitch that exemplify what I believe he meant to all of us as a player. Clint, on the pitch, my strongest memory is that goal against Ghana in the World Cup. You can't top that for me as a Clint Dempsey moment. There were better goals. There were more fancy, flashy goals. But that goal for me, watching it on my couch as the national team was playing in Brazil against Ghana in the opening game, just confirmed to me what I had began to learn at that moment, that any time there's a big game, you can almost bet your house that Clint Dempsey will find the back of the net. He has this knack for scoring against Portland, the chip against Juventus for Fulham in the European game, scoring at Old Trafford against Manu, game winners here, game winners there. He's been a big-time player, both for his team's club team and his national teams. And the goal in Ghana for me was just an example in a long line of them 
of Clint Dempsey wanting to step up in the moment, choosing to make the difference in a big game. And that's what big players do. The Messi's, the Ronaldo's, what makes them great is they give us moments. We remember iconic moments. Cristiano's bike against Juventus. Who can forget a few years ago when Messi dropped Jerome Boateng and then chipped Manuel Noah with his right foot? These are moments, and all U.S. national team fans, young and old, will remember the moment and where they were when Clint Dempsey scored that goal against Ghana to kick off that World Cup campaign. Off the pitch, a story for me that exemplifies what Clint Dempsey is and the kind of person he is, which maybe people don't get to see too much of this. Um, but I was planning my charity soccer game two years ago, the 2017 edition, and I'd sent a text out to Clint, just like, look, if you can stop by for a few minutes mingle with some fans or just to watch. It'd be great to have you. It'll be a lot of your former teammates, friends you've crossed paths with um, throughout your career. They'll be playing. Some will be in attendance. No big deal. No pressure. Um, he came. And not only did he come, he brought his family. You know, wife and kids were there. And then he joined in the post-game signing with um, Chad Ochocinco and myself. We did a signing and Clint was there. And when we left the event throughout the next week, we always get, you know, emails, people saying they had a good time, a great time for whatever. 90% of the emails was from people talking about how gracious Clint was with his time, how approachable he was, how friendly he was, um, and just how, you know, understanding he was of the demands on him. People coming from the stands to his table where he was sat with his family, asking him for a picture, for an autograph, and he did it all afternoon long with a smile on his face. And I'll never forget the emails. We were just, we got a barrage of emails and it was about that. And for me, that exemplifies him. Um, he's a guy who does it with his actions more than his words, um, on the pitch or off the pitch, doesn't talk too much, but you always know if Clint's heart is in something, then he'll give you 100%. And he made a lot of people's day that day. That's all we have time for this week. Sounders, Sport in Kansas City, 1 p.m. Central Link Field this Saturday. Lock in, TV, radio, all of that good stuff. And we will be back next week, hopefully recapping, celebrating, talking about an eighth win in a row for the Seattle Sounders. This is Winging It with Zakwani. I'm Steve Zakwani. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.